What's good, everybody? Welcome to the Sports Business Podcast. I am your host, Eric Compton, a.k.a. Mr. Money Compton, a.k.a. Mr. Town Business. This podcast is available on all platforms, wherever you get your podcasts at. Make sure you hit the like and subscribe button. Make sure you leave a comment as well. Make sure you tell your friends about me and your family and everybody else. Tell the local milkman uh, about me. Tell your local grocery store about me. <clears throat> you can find me on Instagram at Money Compton. You can also email the show at S-P-O-R-T-Z-B-I-Z-N-E-S-S at gmail.com. You can also find me on the Twitterverse at Sports Business. S-P-O-R-T-Z-B-I-Z-N-E-S-S. Hey, man, um, speaking of people, I just want to take the time out to thank everybody that has been rocking with me since day one. Um, I posted last week's show and I was kind of running through my analytics and we're going to get into analytics later on today in the show, but I was looking over my numbers and it dawned on me that today's the hundredth episode of the sports business podcast. So, um, I couldn't have did this without y'all support. I couldn't have do this without the kind words, the well wishes y'all support y'all passing along to another friend. I mean, we got people from Germany, Japan, the middle East, um, Hawaii, uh, Houston, shout out to H town. They've been airing my show on Saturdays out there. So, um, I just appreciate everyone, uh, everyone's support, everyone's love, everyone's well wishes, but we are at the first hundred, um, episodes that we've done. And I know that there's been some bumps and bruises. Um, the show has definitely pivoted in all different types of ways, shapes and fashions. If you think about it from, I believe I started this in 2018, I believe is when I started rocking the sports business podcast. So it's been a hot minute, man. So I'm just really, really excited and I'm extremely fortunate and blessed to have all you listeners to tune in. Like I said, there's over 2.4 million podcasts that are being pumped out Two different, 2.4 different platforms that are being pumped out all the time. So to be a part of that, to be able to rock out a hundred episodes, man, <clears throat> I couldn't have did it without y'all. So that's me being on some sentimental light skin stuff. But we about to definitely get into my week. We're going to change up a little bit of the show. Like I said, we've been pivoting. So we're going to change it up on my week five recap. Um, we're also going to talk about the Monday night football game. I'm also going to bring up a new strategy that the NFL should think about that. I've been trying to figure out for the longest time why this hasn't taken place. And there, there has to be a reason why. But um, and then we're also going to talk about the dummy of the day. Um which is going to be very, very interesting as well. So <clears throat> anyways, we're going to dive right into our week five, top five. We're going to talk about the Money Compton's top five. Yeah, we should do winners and losers. We're going to talk about the top five teams that are balling and the top five teams that are falling. So my top five teams right now are stands as I got the Philadelphia Eagles at number one. Um, a lot of people may not be feeling that. Well, E, they don't play the Pop-Tar schedule. I feel it. But you can only play the people that you play. And they have played, you know, they've played everybody so far. And they've beaten them. Everyone, they've knocked down everyone that's in front of them. They've won pretty handily. They've won a couple of LGU games like the Arizona Cardinal games. That, shouldn't, that, that game last week shouldn't have been 20-17 to 17 against that sorry team. Um, they also won't beat the Jacksonville Jaguars, who I feel like the Jaguars might be better than the Cardinals if we keep it in the buck. Like, they're just a young team. Trevor Lawrence is just still... Turning the ball over a little bit too much to my liking. So I think they can figure it out. But I, if I were to say, hey, the Cardinals are going to win. In fact, they are going to play each other this year. The Cardinals and the Jaguars play each other this year. 
I got my money on the Jaguars this year. So um, the Eagles, they have a huge daunting task this this Sunday night coming up, and we're going to definitely see what they what both teams, them and the Cowboys, are really about that life or not. So I got the Eagles at number one. Number two, I got the Buffalo Bills. Um, they put a schlack in. I mean, they sat there and waxed on and waxed off the Pittsburgh Steelers and. I don't know about y'all. The Steelers look bad. Like, they look B-A-double-D bad. I mean, my man Josh Allen was on pace to throw for over 600 yards at halftime. Like, I think he had, like, 300-some yards, um, three, two or th- three or four touchdowns in the first half alone. And they, they put that hurt on them boys. So, my only thing about them is my only concern about the Bills are they don't necessarily have a featured running back. Well, let me rephrase that. They have a running back. His name is Josh Allen, and he plays quarterback. Um, I was talking to my boy the other day. I was like, yo, <clears throat> like I, I ain't going to try to throw things out there. But I feel like my man is the, the white Cam Newton at this point where he's just he's just out here just as the feature back. But even when Cam Newton was out here with his MVP year, I believe that was in 2015, he had a feature running. He had a great running game with Mike Tolbert and Jonathan Stewart. So the fact that. The Bills don't really necessarily have a featured running back is kind of a little bit concerning to me because you can't you have your quarterback as your running back like that's just a bad recipe. And I wish that they're going to be able to tame it down a little bit with Josh Allen just doing all that scrambling and whatnot because he can beat you with his his arm alone. I mean, my man got a hose for an arm like that thing is a rocket. So um, it's going to be really, really interesting to see what the what the Bills do. But I got them as my number two team, my number three team right now is the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, I know the Kansas City Chiefs have had, they had an interesting loss against the Colts, but they are also still, they still, you know what I'm saying? They still 4-1. They're, they're on top of the, the what we thought, well, what y'all thought was going to be the hardest division in the in football in the AFC West, but they they put a hard, they, they dug deep yesterday, which is probably their most impressive win, I'm going to keep it real, was last night against the uh, Las Vegas Ra- Raiders. And, they're they're fine. They're figuring out ways like everyone had Tyreek Hill where he can blow everything off the top. But now they're not necessarily trying to beat you on the big plays like they are literally coming up with methodical ways of driving down the field. Um, uh, Clyde Edwards, Elaire, um, the running back is very he's a very, very potent running back. And you got Travis Kelsey, who looks like he hasn't started to slow down yet out here throwing up four touchdowns. Um, you got a uh, Valdez Scantling uh, who came from Green Bay who can take who can take the top of a defense off, but not in the fashion of a Tyreek Hill. But I mean, Tyreek Hill is literally a one of one. So um, you you got that, and then you got Juju Smith Schuster, who I I feel like they're using Juju Smith Schuster more as of a tight end kind of kind of a player per se, as opposed to a wide receiver. He's playing more of like a hybrid tight end um, wide receiver. So you know they got a lot of different weapons that they're working with. Their defense is amazing. Chris Jones has always been one of my favorite players in the league. Like, he's just, I mean, if you take away, outside of Aaron Donald, I would say Chris Jones is possibly the best, D, out, the second best D tackle in the game. Um, he, he he gets, you know, double-digit sacks as a D tackle, which is pretty unheard of. So he's really, really good. Works really, really well, well with Frank Clark out there on the other side. And they got a uh, LeJarvis, uh, I can't think of him, his last name, but they got my man LeJarvis, number 38, who's out here playing that star position, who can come down in the box, play linebacker, get on the D-line, and also come back in the secondary as well. So um, they got a lot of different unique ways on how they're beating teams right now. Like I said, the Colts team, a Colts game, you know, you're going to run into a weird, hazy game like that where you're just like, huh, what happened? But 
you know, you kind of just throw those things away and just take it for stride. But that's my number three team. My number four team, I got the Dallas Cowboys, man. And, you know, there's one thing about the Cowboys is if you go to a Dallas Cowboys fan, go to a Dallas Cowboys game, that literally feels like the entire United States of America. Like, they're not called America's team for a reason. Like, you got all different type of demographics that be rocking with the Cowboys. But, um, so me, per, I personally don't mind the Cowboys. I know a lot of people hate them, but like I said, they ain't won nothing in over 26 years, bro. Like, I think I was 9 or 10 years old when they last, when they won their last championship. So, I mean, I know them, but I don't know them to be anything relevant. So, um, you know, I, I can see why everybody don't like them, but at the same time, they don't bother me personally. Like, it doesn't, they don't bother me. So, I got them as a number four team. Um, it's going to be really, really interesting to see what Cooper Rush and the Dak Prescott type of dynamic goes. Obviously, Dak is going to come back in. Um, probably maybe the sun. I, I personally wouldn't put him in this Sunday night. Like, let Cooper Rush ride this out. I think they go into a bye the following week. Let Dak come out the bye. The defense has been playing good enough, great enough to say that they should be able to kind of hold the Eagles, tame the Eagles a little bit. So it's going to be really, really interesting to see what the Cowboys end up doing. One thing I will say is, and it's it's a far reach, Ezekiel Elliott, I mean, he he didn't have a bad game, 22, some 20, over 20 carries, almost 80 yards. He's got to be able to get us that benchmark, 100 yards, 94, anywhere between 85 to 105. Like you got to be able to do that. And I know that's a huge ask. Um, CD Lamb, he's got to play better. Like I, the question is, is he a number one? I don't know. I don't see a number one in him. Like he shows it in bits and pieces, but as far as a bona fide number one, it's really, really hard to tell right now. I know Michael Gallup is back. Um, so they got a little, they got different pieces. They need, they need help at the tight end position as well. Dalton Schultz, I believe has been in and out of the lineup. So it's really, really going to be a damn shame if the Cowboys can't make a deep playoff run with this defense because this defense they're really good like they're very very good and for them to beat up on the Rams and I know the Rams are on the Army overweight program but the Rams are still the defending Super Bowl champions and they're not that bad they're not like a layover bad type of team but they 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 don't look good either but they still show glimpse and pieces where they should be able to beat a lot of these teams so i got the dallas cowboys as my number four team and then my number five team a lot of people gonna come to this as a surprise man like i'm i'm picking the 49ers like i, I feel like the 49ers the top of the nfc west right now they had a questionable game against chicago where they was out there swimming as opposed to playing football they were out there swimming i didn't know that you can have 22 players out there on the field and just stay out there just surfing and sliding and everything else so they had a weird week one game the denver game it was i mean it was denver um i don't still don't understand how denver got two wins really um you know i don't know i don't know how they got two wins but the thing about the niners is their defense i I looked at some numbers i think they given up the least amount of points so far in the season they beat up on the panthers they've beaten up um, they, they beat the Rams very, very soundly. If you ask me, they had two, two defensive touchdowns and back to back games. The running game is on point. Debo Samuels getting it together. Um, my only question is as good as that defense has been playing, they got a lot of injuries. Like there's a lot of people on sick call on that defensive, uh, the, the whole the entire defensive unit. You got, uh, Joey Bosa. I think he's got a mess. Nick, Joey, Nick, Nick Bosa, Nick Bosa. I think Nick Bosa plays for the, the younger Bosa plays for the Niners. Um, he's got the groin injury. You got uh, the DB. Uh, he just uh, tore his ACL again, which might be even watched because he got hurt last year. Emmanuel Mosley. 
So they, they, they need help in the defensive back situation. So, you know, two of your top, you know, two of your top five defenders on that team, they're hurt. So it's going to be really, really interesting to see can they sustain that type of a gauntlet, that type of a daunting defense that they're playing right now. I think they can. I think the Bosa injury, um, I think that's a day-to-day injury. But the ACL, like, yo, you might want to see if Richard Sherman wants to stop screaming at Russell Wilson on Amazon Prime because one, ain't nobody watching Amazon Prime. Like, after last week, and I'm gonna talk. I'm gonna touch that. In, I'm gonna touch about that in a few minutes. But you might want to see if Uncle Sherman want to come back. You might want to see if Josh Norman's available. You might want to see if Eric Weddle's available. But you're gonna need help on the deep in the DB in the secondary. Like that is not a secret. They're they're gonna need a little bit of help. But um, I got the Niners in my top five. You know, even with the three and two record, I think that they're they're pretty good. Um, and people are gonna ask me, but what about the Giants? Man, let me tell you about the Giants, bro. They have the most. There's the Giants, the Vikings. Um, let me see who else I hear. The Giants, the Vikings are both four and one. The Cowboys are four and one. I'm picking the Vikings and the Cowboys, who both have four and one records. I'm picking them over the Giants. Like the Giants. Yes, they had a good feel-good story that they beat Green Bay in London. Their defense has been playing good, but I'm not sold on them, boys. I got more faith in, in the Vikings um, just because I feel like the Vikings can put up points. At the end of the day, you got to outscore your opponent. That's the that's the name of the game. The offense is supposed to be able to outscore you, and the defense should be able to shut you down. I feel like I have more confidence in the Vikings offense right now at this point as opposed to the Giants offense. It's just That's just what it is. Um, but yeah, now we're going to talk about my bottom five, the losers of week five. Yo, at coming in at number five, it's got to be the Carolina Panthers. Like they are lemon boutte. Like they stink. I don't know what thought, what made them think that, uh, bringing old Baker Mayfield in was going to change things. And I know that they had very, very low expectations, but they look abysmal. Like I feel like the Alabama Crimson Tide could beat them boys. I think the university of Georgia can beat them boys. Like I honestly feel like. A top four college football team might be able to beat the Carolina Panthers. Like, I just don't see any type of glimpse of hope in any aspect of their games. Like, is their special teams good? Like, I don't, I don't know. Like, their special teams don't even get to get on the field to see what they can do because the offense ain't even putting them in the position where they can even get field goals. Like, what are we doing? And then on top of that, y'all got Baker Mayfield. Like, what did you, what did you think was going to happen? Like, y'all really thought that it was going to be a, 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 a positive over a negative? Like, y'all was better off keeping Cam Newton. So, um, I did think Matt Rule was going to get fired at the end of this year, or I knew he was going to get fired. I just didn't know that it was going to be this sudden, um, which is not, I mean, he had to go either one way or another, but I'll put it like this. Baker Mayfield expedited that, uh, firing cause he played so bad. So that's number five, number four. And I feel so bad putting them in there as losers, but the Dolphins, man, they had so many high hopes and they just been getting hit with just quarterback injuries. Like, um, to a tongue of oil, he gets the bad, the bad concussion. And then next thing you know, Teddy Bridgewater, who's now starting to, he's giving me Tyrod Taylor vibes when they're able to be healthy and actually play, they are able to produce, but they are such a health liability that anytime they step on the field is like, damn, you're actually more shocked that they, they were able to survive a whole entire football game as opposed to when they get hurt. So the fact that he had a concussion, it was just like, I mean, I'm not surprised. So I got the fans where they just, they're just spiraled. Like they had so many high hopes. They looked very, very promising when healthy. And now they're kind of just spiraling out of control. If you ask me, um, 
I still think that they are the maybe the third best team in that division in the AFC East. Um, but yeah, they're, they're just spiraling out of control. Uh, number three is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Come on, man. Y'all been the Pittsburgh Steelers since the Pittsburgh Steelers been in, been in, in, in creation back in the sixties or seventies. I don't even know when they was created, but I ain't never seen the Pittsburgh Steelers in my entire life. Gets get beat that bad against the Buffalo bills. Um, and the cold part about it is the Steelers, if you look at them on, if you look at their roster, they have a pretty good receiving core. They have Najee Harris, shout out Bay Area product. Najee Harris out there. They got Minka Fitzpatrick on the defense as one of the best safeties in the game. Um, TJ Watt, I know, is hurt. You still got Cameron Hayward. Like they have players. They have a terrible offensive line. And Kenny Pickett ain't what y'all think he is. Like, let's keep it a buck. Y'all, 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 you can say that he's a hometown kid, went to University of Pittsburgh, now playing for his hometown. No, if that's the reason why y'all drafted him, you guys are stupid. Okay? Straight out stupid. Like, nah, man, he ain't that good. He played in the whack. I mean, Pittsburgh is in the ACC. So outside of Clemson, who they play? I'll wait. Nobody. 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 So he's like, he ain't the answer. Keeping it the buck. He ain't the answer for y'all. So, I mean, I don't, if that's a team that is really, I mean, y'all better off just keeping Mitchell Trubisky in at this point. They're two in the same player. So, you might as well just figure it out, retool up for next year and try to go get a, a legitimate quarterback in the draft. I don't see Kenny Pickett as anything special and he just proved it to y'all last week. So, yeah, so that is number three. Number four. I got to have this. This team makes me vomit so bad. It's not even the fact that they're in the same division as my beloved Las Vegas Raiders. But, man, they have been just dreadful to watch. And I posted this on social media. Like, the fact that people actually had to pay to watch the doggone Denver Broncos against the, who do they play? Oh, the Indianapolis Colts. Like, the fact that people actually had to pay that, that's a damn shame, man. That's a damn shame. They should be paying us back. They need to give us like free 90 days. They need to see if we have been traumatized. And if not, we need to get on the same case as the Camp Lejeune drinking water people. Like we need to get compensated for watching them. And the fact that they have been on national TV three out of the first five weeks and they're going to be on Monday Night Football next week. So that means four out of the next six weeks they have been on national TV. Come on, y'all got to do better. Like, y'all got to start flexing these games. Y'all got to do something. But the Denver Broncos are just trash. And it starts with old Mr. Sierra, Mr. You know, let's ride, go Broncos, go Hawks, you know, Russell Wilson. I'm looking like Russell Westbrook. Like, I don't know what that dude is, but he ain't the same dude that was out there in Seattle, which leads me to think we got to start questioning and see, like, how good was my man? Because he always had a great running game and he always had a good defense and every time that it was time for russell wilson to actually put the game you know puts instill some trust in him he's fumbled the bag pretty bad bro like so how good is this man like yes he's put up some good good numbers but even when he was out here throwing these quote-unquote moon balls where that weird expression came from was the whole russell wilson thing where he was out here throwing these moon balls to tyler lockett and dk metcalf them boys wasn't really winning all like that like they didn't get far into the playoffs and they didn't really get, you know, they didn't win, get a whole bunch of too many wins off of that. So, got to start looking and see how good is my man and has he been low-key up front this whole entire time. Um, he just looked dread off. Like, he just looks like he's a shell of himself. And one thing I will say, 
Coaching ain't doing the, the, that boy no favors either. Um, I feel like they're not letting him use his legs. But then I also start answering that with a question like, is he, does he have any more legs? Like, is he just done where he can't scramble? And that's what kind of saved Russell Wilson was that he was able to kind of improvise, throw on the one run, get out of the pocket, make some plays happen, maybe, you know, go off for like a 10 to 12 yard run in a, in a crucial third down. He ain't been able to get out the pocket and, and run. So I, I start wondering, is his leg shot? Like, does he have anything left in the tank? Because if you're just asking him to be a standing, sitting in the pocket type of quarterback, you're not going to get far with him. But for the love of God, like that team just cannot be on national TV. I guess one thing, if you bad like the, let me see who's a bad team right now. If you bad like the Jaguar, or I don't even say the Jaguars, the, the, the Lions, the Lions are bad. Like If you bad like the Lions, at least they put up points. At least they're entertaining. Like, show me something. I don't see nothing with the Denver Broncos. Like, there's just not, they're not a fun team at all. Like, they don't, they have no identity. They have a quarterback that the fans are not loyal to, who have no type of ties to this man, and it's just not worked at all. Not to mention, they just got new ownership as well. So, I don't know how this is going to work out, but it don't, it don't, it don't really make no difference. And my number, my number five, number, number five, number one, top, top worst team, the, the, the losers of week five. I mean, I got all the time in the world. This is the 100th episode of Sports Business Podcast. So we about to light the doggone Las Vegas Raiders butts up right now. They are abysmal. I feel like I've been saying this for at least three times this season on my show. Bro, if Josh McDaniels, the Raiders are going to a bye week this week. If the Raiders do not fire Josh McDaniels, this season is a lost. I don't care if they did. Here's, here's how I'm fed up I am with Josh McDaniels. The Las Vegas Raiders can fire Josh McDaniels today. And bring in a new coach. And if they did not win another game this year, I would be totally, I would be more happy with that than if Josh McDaniel wins. Let's just say they go five and twelve. I would be okay. I would be more mad that they went five and twelve as opposed to they went one and sixteen with a new coach. He got to go today. And this is a Tuesday podcast, so technically we're playing Tuesday morning comeback uh, quarterback when it comes down to that two point conversion. I was on a group chat with some of my good friends last night as this was happening. And I said, this is a bad call. Like, no, they do not need to do this. Go for one. You're on the road. You're playing against the Kansas City Chiefs. You are, you got five, damn near five minutes. I think it was 427 was left on the clock. You got all three timeouts plus a two minute warning. So you could stop the clock. You could stop the clock four times. To me, what that told me was. You had no faith in your defense. And granted, they gave up a 17 point lead. Yes, that defense did so. However, you got to show them. You got to believe in your defense at some ass, like at some point. And ironically, they were able to get that stop. They didn't like they didn't. They got the stop that they needed. They were able to get them off in three plays and, and give the ball back to Derek Carr. Now, here's the thing. If you tie the game, if you tie the game, at least you can go in. You get your stop with the defense. You go get go down and march the ball down the field. Maybe try to get a field goal at the situation. But the worst case is you're going to go into overtime, which at that point, you know, if we keep it in the buck, probably the Kansas City Chiefs would have been able to beat the Raiders. Here's the only time I thought that that play would have actually made sense going for two. If it was the last play of the game, you're on the road like that would have made a, I would have I could have rolled with that a little bit better. I just didn't like the decision to go for two with four and a half minutes left in the game. That just didn't make any sense. It wasn't a bad play. I'll give you. Well, if you're going to run a blow, if you're going to run the ball on the two yard line, like get under center, don't do it out of a don't do it at the shotgun formation. But that's a typical Josh McDaniels play. Like there was that there was a, there was just a couple. There was just a lot of crucial things. 
The Devontae Adams juggling the ball. Yeah, that wasn't a catch. Hunter Renfro, he's played like lemon booty this whole entire, like, he don't even look like he, he, he don't even look like the same player he was last year. Same thing with Darren Waller. Um, he out here all of a sudden, he hurt all, he's hurt every other player. Like, he's just gotten paid and just don't care. Like, I don't, I don't get it. Um, the defense, they, they just look bad. Like, the secondary is probably the worst again. It's been like that for at least at a minimum the last 10 years. They have the worst secondary again, you know, and, and I'm looking at all these different interesting moves. They they didn't pick up Jonathan Abrams fifth year. He should have never been drafted anyways that high. He's a John Gruden guy. You've gotten rid of practically all John Gruden guys except for Cleland Farrell, who's on the defensive line, who was like number three or four in that pick in that draft. He shouldn't be on that team no more. The only person that's worth keeping really off that drink, the last little bit of the John Gruden regime, Mike Mayock regime is Josh Jacobs. And you don't even want to pay that man. So then they go and So I don't know why you have one of the worst safeties in football still on the squad. You have Cleveland Farrell, who's not even a starter. That's a former number three overall pick or something like that. He got to go. You overpaid for a Chandler Jones, who's, I believe, 33, 34 years old, who can't, who's now just a defensive end that can stop the run, but can't get to the quarterback. Like he doesn't look like anything what he once was. So you've done all of these stupid boneheaded moves. You bring all these former Patriot players in. Um, the fullback is a former Patriot. I think that I just read that they're trying out another Patriot, um, linebacker and you're trying to bring all these Patriot things in. Like, bruh. You ain't you ain't Bill Belichick, man, and it ain't all that stuff that you did up in over there in New New England. It ain't gonna work down here in Vegas. So, the fact that the that Mark Davis is not fired, Josh McDaniels just shows me that he ain't serious about trying to salvage the season for whatever it's worth. Granted, you can say that this was their best game that they played this year. At the end of the day, they lost. You've also given up two seventeen point leads in the last two in the last three weeks. You clearly ain't learning your lesson, dog. You're clearly not learning your lesson where that just can't happen in, in the national football. Like you can't, you can't, you can't do that in the NFL. Giving up two 17 point leads in the last three weeks and lose both of them games. He don't know what he's doing. He's clearly overwhelmed. He's clearly disconnected with the players. I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't think Devontae Adams is really rocking with his coach. That's what I'm. That's what I'm feeling. I feel like he ain't rocking with the coach, and I don't really necessarily blame him. Like I feel as if. The play callings are just not coming out in time. Um, they're not coming out in time. They're they're playing. They're very very suspect plays that are being called. A lot of different designs. It just doesn't make sense. You got Darren Waller. Granted, he didn't play at all last night. But you're not even really incorporating your one of the best tight ends in the game. You're not incorporating Hunter Renfro as far as one of your best slot receivers in the game. And what was Devontae Adams had what three catches and two of them were for touchdowns last night. Like you you don't you're not even using my man. You know, so I don't know what they got to do, but as a Raider fan this year, bro, like I'm, I'm over it. Like I'm legitimately over it. And I just don't understand what it's going to take for, for Mark Davis to, to figure it out. Like he needed to wipe off the champagne that he got from the Las Vegas Aces, Las Vegas Aces championship and actually wake up and get it together because it's, it's, it's bad. It's bad. There should be no reason why you are one and four right now. No reason why. I mean, they're going into the bye. They have a soft schedule. The next four games are soft. I think they play the Colts, Jaguars, Saints, and the Texans. If he can't win three, if not four of those games, it's a wrap like Christmas. It's a wrap like Christmas. So the Raiders got to be one of the most, the, the biggest disappointment in the in the NFL. So that's my that's my soapbox about them boys. Um, they gotta they gotta go. But I wish I wish the Raiders would take a page out of the Carolina Panthers book 
and just fire him now and try to salvage the season. But if they plan on riding with him for the long term and in a city like this, this ain't going to work out well. I'm, I'm telling you all that right now. This is not going to work fan out well with the city of Las Vegas. I don't even think people from L.A. are going to be because L.A. is practically an extension of Las Vegas. You have a lot of late, uh, Raiders fans out there. I don't even think they're going to start traveling and come back out here no more. And you're going to be looking at the doggone Allegiant Stadium where it's practically going to be an away game for the Las Vegas Raiders because so many of the, other t- uh, the opposing teams are going to come here and they're going to they're, there's not going to be a fan base here. So good luck. But this this isn't how you want to start a new regime. Um, but. I don't know what they can do to fix it. I feel like they need to focus on the run game. They got to figure out how to get Waller involved a little bit more. They also got to figure out how to get Devontae Adams involved as well. They got to come up with better schemes. But at this rate, they, they if they can't figure it out in these next four games and at a minimum be five and four or four and five, they got to win the next four. Maybe at a minimum three. Three will put you at, what is that? Four and six, like you're not out the game, or four, four and five, like you're not out the game then. But you lose more than two, you lose more than one game in this next four game stretch. You can go ahead and nail the season in. Like I can't see, I can't see them salvaging that season. So the Raiders, they are the worst team probably right now. So that's my that's my winners and losers of week five. Let's also talk about these quarterback hits, man. These roughing the passes, bruh. As a diehard Raider fan, last night that Chris Jones sack, strip sack, fumble recovery—that that that shouldn't have been called at all. Like, come on, man! What what at this at what, at what point are we? What what are we gonna? What are what are defensive players supposed to do when it comes down to tackling the quarterback? And I get that this the NFL keeps saying that they didn't reach out to the refs about you know cracking down on these ref in the passer plays based off of what happened to Tua Tagovailoa with the Miami Dolphins, but it's very like you lying, dog. Like you, you ain't no way that the, the the refs got up one morning, the very next week, and was like, yeah, dog, we gonna start emphasizing these ref in the passer calls. Like ain't no way you can't change my mind on that, man. So it's bad. I feel like here's it, it, there's a lot of things that I'm about to break down as far as rule changes that needs to be a reviewable play. Off rip, like just like you're able to review scoring plays or turnovers and things like that. That's a play that you can review. You can even, and I'll even give you an alibi. Here's what you can do. Let's just say you throw that penalty down and say, hey, this is a rough in the passer. You need to be able to go into the booth and say, you know what? Nah, dog, it won. We not even just replayed it down. You know what I'm saying? Replay. No, not even replayed it down. It's a sack. It's a sack. You can go in under the booth. College does this with the targeting penalty. Penalty gets called. It's targeting for the head. They go in and review it. Be like, nah, it's just a 15 yard penalty. No, you know what I'm saying? Nothing, the, nothing more, nothing less. And you can do that with these rough of the passers, rough in the rough in the passer play penalties. Look at it. Take C like error. It, it, it is okay. We'll tack on the 15. And then if not, we're just gonna go ahead and say that's a sack. It's that simple. Or you can have like this eye in the sky type of referee that I didn't know was really involved. You could have him just buzz down and be like, nah, bro, that's a sack. Keep it pushing. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's just so much technology. There's so many different ways. Like, I really feel bad for a lot of these defensive. Like, I guarantee you next, like, what do you tell your defender? And I know the defender's just going to keep going and they're going to keep playing the way they play. But in the back of their mind, they got to be like, man, I don't want to let my team down. Like, I don't, you know, and then at that point, you start creeping in your mind. Like, ooh, I don't know if I should be able to just tackle him. Like, you kind of freeze up a little bit because that will be in your back of the mind. And then you do tackle him as 15 yards like. You know what I'm saying? The, like, that almost costed the Kansas City Chiefs their game. Um, 
And then on top of that, there was another phantom defensive holding penalty on a field goal on the Raiders. Like, what the That's only been called seven times since, I believe, since the year 2001. And guess who got two of those seven? The Raiders. It's just weird. Some of these penalties are just weird. Um, another penalty that needs to be really, really reviewed is the pass interference calls. And I get all the Raiders, I believe it was their second drive, that they, they, they were able to come up on the fortunes of two pass interference penalties. And that's because... If I'm on the two-yard line, and if I got an arm, which is unrealistic, but if I got an arm that I can get all the way down to the other side of the field at their one-yard line as a pass interference, that's a 99-yard penalty. It's a spot foul. Like, just change it to 15 yards in the first down. It don't need to be a spot foul no more. Like, it's just too much. They got to change that. But just like how a referee, like coaches and players, they get cut. Let's just say a kicker misses the kick. He gets cut the next day because he wasn't able to make the play. Matt Rule is a perfect example. He has not been performing up to the standards of what the Carolina Panthers have are expecting. The referee should be held to that same exa- same standard where if you fumble the ball or you fumble a call like that, nah, bro, go ahead and turn in your white cap and your whistle today and exit stage left. Like, you can go ahead and turn in your gun and your badge. We wish you well in your future endeavors. You're a part-time employee anyway, so it's not like you're really getting benefits all like that. And a lot of these these referees are like judges and stuff like that, so... You, this is a part-time gig for you, so I'm like, maybe we need to start figuring out if this needs to be a full-time job or not, because there needs to be some type of symposiums going on during the off-season. Um, there needs to be their version of a mini camp. They don't really start getting into camp until they do like these split squad um, training camp sessions where two teams will come in and they'll kind of referee those. But I don't think there's any type of symposiums going on in the offseason for them. So just like NFL players got to report in for OTAs, I think referees got to report into some type of referee OTAs because this can't happen. Like you've had the, the New Orleans Saints against the L.A. Rams where it was that weird pass interference call that they said that it wasn't a pass interference call. You got the Atlanta Falcons dude that sat there and rolled up on Tom Brady, which wasn't that bad. Like these aren't bad. Like, you know. You should know what's rough in the passer and what ain't rough in the passers. And I get y'all want to protect the quarterback because it's a quarterback league, but you're not doing any disservice. You're not doing, you're not helping the defense out. So y'all got to change the pass interference calls. You definitely got to change the rough in the passer calls where it's they're just reviewable. Just make it a reviewable play and, and, and we can keep it pushing. So there's that. Um, there's another thing that I wanted to talk about. And I talked about a little bit earlier with the with the Denver Broncos being so bad. The NFL, they got to do away with these Thursday night football games. Like they talk of they practice, they they emphasize player safety. They emphasize, you know, wanting to keep your players in, in healthy and whatnot. But do you really? Because at the end of the day, the mean green money machine, which is aka the almighty dollar, is 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 affecting is corrupting Thursday night football. Like it's not a good product. If you think about it, your game ends on Thursday Sunday. So let's just say you play Sunday and you gotta play Thursday. You're already practically during that week, you're practically planning for two different game plans. So therefore, the away team now even has more of a lesser disadvantage because they have to leave Wednesday as opposed to the home team. Home team they got three days of practice, uh, preparation. So the, the away team only has two days of preparation, essentially. It's a bad product. It's not fun. They're not really ever good games. Like, can you can you email the show? Like, email me on sportsbusiness at gmail.com and let me know when's the last time you saw a great Thursday night football game. Like just a memorable historical game where you could be like, man, that's one of the all-time greatest football games I've ever seen. Please email me. I will look that game up. I will watch it from real to real and try to agree or disagree with you. But I'm almost guaranteeing 
can't nobody ever say that they watched in a fantastic Thursday night football game because it ain't no such thing as a great Thursday night football game. So with that being said, usually the Thursday night game, you get like this mini buy. Here's what the here's what the NFL needs to do. And I and I've always thought this was weird. So buy. So I believe let me look at this. Let me look at this right now as I'm speaking. As of next week, this week coming up, week week six, teams start having buys. Teams start having buys. So you have four teams that are going to be on buys, and there will be teams that are on buys all the way up until, I believe, week 14 or 15. Uh, I believe it's 15. Let me see. Week 14. I think week 14 is the last week that you will have buys. So from week six all the way up to week 14, teams will be on buys. Here's what the NFL needs to do. Do away. With, I'm not saying do away with the buys, but make between weeks eight and nine between that. Make Just put a pause. Everyone gets a break at the same time. Put a break at the same time where all teams, you just put a break. Stand safety stand. Now, we used to do this in the military. You know, safety stand down there. Everybody ain't no training going, ain't no missions going on, ain't nothing really too much going on. We just gonna stay down. We're gonna do some hip pocket training. Hip pocket training means that somebody be like, Hey, hey, yo, my man, give me a training on first aid. Like you just do that. Situational awareness things. Do some hip pocket training during that those two weeks. So I would say between week eight, week nine, which would be probably at the end of this month, October. You got the World Series on or the baseball playoffs on, you got basketball coming on, you got hockey coming on. And you got you still got football in the middle of October. You can let them people get they shine on. It ain't like y'all gonna miss out on the TV revenue because ain't nothing else going. There's no other football games coming on, so you can fill those slots with maybe the NFL trade deadline coming on. You see that there's practically no trades that ever happen during the train line. Make it more of a, a special. The NBA does it where they got the trade deadline special TV show coming on. You can actually get bigger trades taking place because everything's kind of standing down. It also helps out with the players. Like I feel like. The Raiders right now are going on a, uh, they basically have the first set of buys. They have to play the rest of the season with no rest, as opposed to whoever's on week 14. They got to stagger all the way up until that last week, until week 14. So they've been played 14 games before they get a week, before they get the rest, excuse me, which isn't cool. Like, I feel like it's just too much going on. Also, from a scheduling standpoint, you got way too many early games, y'all. And I get it's the East Coast thing. There's more teams on the Midwest, East Coast. You could stagger some of them games out because if you're watching Red Zone, ain't nothing popping off after them, the, the the early games. It's dead as disco on Red Zone, man. Like you can easily stagger them games out. And all a lot of a majority of them teams that are on them one one p.m. Eastern time zone, they sometimes do migrate over to a four p.m. kickoff. You can easily even out the dog on 1 p.m. the 1 p.m. games to the 4 p.m. games and stagger that stuff out. Just like you could flex them games out from from late games into a primetime game into that Sunday night game, you can do that. You can easily do that. So they got to do something about the scheduling. But I've always been trying to figure out why can't you just have a stop in the middle of the season right around the, the NBA has an all-star break. Baseball has an all-star break. Hockey has an all-star break. There is no break in football. You can literally get better play if you were able to give everyone an even play and feel like, hey, between weeks eight and nine, ain't going to be no football. During Fox, Fox, NBC, CBS, and ESPN can all fill those time slots up with something. Fox can go ahead and put in some baseball playoffs. CBS can put in, I don't know, I think they'd be out here with bull riding or you know something. I think they do cowboy stuff on CBS. I don't know. 
uh, NBC, they can stagger in and put in NASCAR, um, ESPN. You could put in a Monday night special basketball game or hockey. There's so many different options for you to fill those time slots where you're still going to get the rate. Like you're going to get something out of the deal. So I just don't make it doesn't make any sense why these buy these NFL buys are just staggered out like that. It does it to me. It doesn't really do. It's not really, really. A, it's it's more of a disservice than service to 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 the to the teams. But it's been like that for a reason. But I definitely think that needs to change. Anyways, before we dip up out of here on the hundredth episode of the Sports Business Podcast, I definitely want to talk about the dummy of the day. Before we do that. Um, dummy of the day we always go in and try to find some weird stories but this one it happened yesterday and was on national tv and that's Devonte adams bruh you can't do that dog and if y'all don't know what i'm talking about Devonte adams was was mad rightfully so he slams his helmet down he's walking off the field i guess some dude runs over some dude and i'm some dude that's like as far as a guy with the little lanyard around his neck my man had credentials that's all i know he had the lanyard around his neck he had a piece of equipment in his hand he wasn't one of these weirdos that be trying to storm the field. He was a legitimate employee of filling the whatever organization. Has the lanyard around his neck. It's good enough for me. Goes off, and he I guess he runs in front of Devontae Adams. My man hits him with the shove. Um, he shoves him all the way to the part where my man falls down. Hey, man, you can't do that, dog. Like, I get you mad. I And rightfully so, you mad. You can't you can't shove my man on the floor. If one, it didn't even happen on the field, so it's not like he fell on grass. Like He fell on some concrete, too. God forbid I was like Lisa Salters or somebody like that, just getting out your way and trying to, you know, not not be in your way. You pushed. What if you pushed a female like that? Like, that's not good, man. So um, I think a suspended a suspension will be coming down on him, which I mean, for my fan purposes, like I don't want to see that happen. But it's the right thing that needs to happen. He did apologize. But you you can't do that, dog. Like, I'm 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 with you, man. I, I'm upset. That's a game that y'all should have won, but you can't take it out on fans, you know, staff and things like that. You got to be able to have a better outlet. Um, it's really inexcusable. I really can't. You you can't come up with anything outside of the fact that you were just in the moment. You know, you can't say, well, you know, I saw somebody running across like this. The media is running across like people are running across the doggone field all the time trying to get footage trying to wrap it up like them people be out there late they've been out there setting up and tearing down the sets like they be out there from one o'clock in the afternoon they got there to 10 o'clock at night like now nah, they trying to get up out of there just as much as you is so you can't do that dog you can't be out here putting hands on people um it's just inexcusable and uh, unfortunately i gotta give you the dummy of the day because you're probably gonna cost your team even more by having to sit out against the texans in week seven so um, yeah, Devontae Adams, you definitely get the Sports Business Podcast Dummy of the Day. Once again, you have been listening to the Sports Business Podcast. I am your host, Eric Compton. You've been listening to the 100th edition, 100th episode of the Sports Business Podcast. Like I said, this podcast is available on all platforms. Make sure you hit the like and subscribe button. Make sure you tell a friends about me, tell a family about me. Um, you can find me on Instagram, Money Compton. You can also find me on the Twitterverse. And like I said, email the show. Let me know what, like, tell me a Thursday night game. And I was like, man, that's one of the greatest football play games I ever watched in my life. I'm, I'm, I'm really interested to see that. But until then, we're going to run it back next week. Um, y'all stay safe. Um, we'll definitely talk about week six. Basketball will be kicking off next week. Yeah. I'm actually looking forward to it because... It ain't too much to look forward to in this football. Like it's 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 a wrap for me for football, y'all. Like I'm just out here putting out content for y'all to talk about y'all teams. But as far as as far as my Raiders go, yeah, man, Warriors about to unveil that championship banner next week. So 
Yeah, we're gonna talk about that. And I'm, I'm, I'm don't, don't, don't think that I ain't, I ain't thought about that punch that was heard around the world. Um, we're gonna, we're gonna dibble dabble in that. I'm, a, I'm gonna tie it into the Warriors kick tip off little edition of the Sports Business Podcast uh, next week. But we'll definitely dibble in some NBA. Other than that, y'all be safe, love on one and each other, and we out. We're running back next week. <laughs>